Hey everyone, and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. We are a sci-fi movie podcast. We talk about sci-fi movies every episode. Uh, continuing our 70 sci-fi um, you know, themed season here, uh, we have a film called No Blade of Grass, which is a British film from 1970. We'll start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers, and from there we will continue on. So this is a, a, a yet another film, and I, I really noticed a trend with this one. Mm-hmm. Like, how many of these films from the 70s have been post-apocalyptic or in the case of this movie it's the start of the post-apocalypse mm-hmm. which i guess you would call the apocalypse but you know what i mean like it, it's just it's, it's turning into that what we think of as the post-apocalypse and you know it, so the have been that or they've been ai computers go go mad or go amok and you know get dangerous right there's been those two themes so clearly there was two fears in the 70s there was that we were going to ruin everything either through you know plague nuclear wars or in this case just climate change and we'll talk about that Mm -hmm. in a minute Uh, or they were scared of computers because computers were suddenly starting to feel like a really like known thing um not a household item yet i'd imagine but at least enough that people were you know talking about them in movies a lot and people were starting to understand what a computer was so that's one of the two main things that seem to be the big themes of the 70s uh so this one is right at the start of the apocalypse like i said where uh, we have characters who are on the run and much like some of the previous films we've just talked about there is a quote-unquote promised land there is a farm up north uh that is going to have a lot of food supply and going to be easily protected because it's got a nice sort of entrance and whatnot so the, the main character uh, john uh, Custance, his brother owns this farm so that's where he's going to take his family his wife uh his teenage daughter and then roger who he works with who's a scientist but also happens to be kind of the boyfriend of his teenage daughter even though he's like 28 or something <laughs> like whatever different time it's a different time uh yep, so different continent uh, along the way they also pick up uh, other people along the way i, I mean it's actually given that you've said that i should point out at the very least that the age of consent in the uk uh, is 16 so uh, technically not illegal i'm assuming it was still the same in the 70s i actually don't know if it changed at some point I'd, if anything i imagine it used to be worse rather than you know older you guys call yourself civilized <sighs> i wasn't even born yet what are you blaming me for i thought you said it's still the case yeah, well, yeah, but it's just still been there. Like, I, I'm not uh, in Parliament. I'm, I'm, I'm not making these laws. Ew. All those child brides out there in the <laughs> UK. I had no idea I'm going to start, like, my own women's rights in the UK initiative. Age of consent, 16? That's a child. That's disgusting. Be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> why is it my fault <laughs> what did that i was just born into that world i don't know what <laughs> don't oh yeah me. just following orders huh <laughs> disgusting <laughs> I, of this. I would love i would love to see some statistics between the uk and the us and see how many older people are actually having sex with 16 year olds because i'm going to put money Ugh. on a per capita basis that the us actually wins I mean, i'm going to put money on it these are not facts that i want to look up <laughs> well uh, you're just gonna to have to accept that you're not winning this argument and we can move on okay you know what go ahead look it up <laughs> i'll wait <laughs> I don't want to search for that. <laughs> you want to put money on it? I'm, I'm not. I'm not having that in my search history. Like I agree, I agree. Sixteen is too young. Is that what you want from me? Is, is that is that what you wanted? Right. Yes, and I think your government should agree too. <laughs> get get on it, Queen. Let's get back to the matter of hand, okay? Back back to the movie, which I was describing was the journey north to this farm uh, and along the way they pick up some more people uh, which presents its own drama and that is the basic gist of the the film all right uh mm. so i guess i'll ask the question tara how do you feel about no blade of grass i don't like it that's very it, to the point it's all right like it's eh. 
it's okay. It's just, it's not, I don't think it's very good. I think it's edited in a way that's very odd. And like, it's trying to, <laughs> I don't want to call it preachy because I think the message is important, but it's like, the, the, I hate the narration. <laughs> and I, I have to say, like, I know there's like a note at the end of the, of uh, the film when the credits come up where it says like no animals were harmed in the making of this movie, mm-hmm. but there's so many dead animals. Like, what do you mean? No animals were harmed. Like, where did they come from? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Correction. I have to correct something here. The exact line was no living creature was harmed during the making of this film. It did not say anything about taking animals who were already dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's so many dead animal carcasses like i i just don't believe that they weren't for this movie uh i mean that's fair (laughs) like they put the statement there i mean they clearly want us to believe that they weren't harmed i I don't yeah i know uh, i did i i looked through the the trivia like the imdb trivia to see if there was anything about it mm -hmm. and um Another thing that was listed there was like the rape scene. Oh, there's a rape scene. <laughs> We're not in spoilers yet. Jesus. <laughs> Spoiler. There's someone gets raped, and somebody of a certain uh, age, very young age, gets raped. You're just spoiling who it is. No, you're no, you're spoiling who it is. What are you doing? No, I'm not. I'm not saying who it is. There's only one character. We had an entire well, debate. Spoiled because you said that. <laughs> We had a whole debate about one character's age of consent, and then you said someone of a certain... Who else could it be? <laughs> Who else could it be? I think people going into this movie should know that a 16-year-old is, like, depicted as being raped, and you see some boobage, and apparently, like, there's there's some debate as to... They, the movie claims that they had a body double for that part, but apparently that is not, like that's under a lot of skepticism. So mm. if that is, then maybe the animal thing is too. I don't know. This movie really comes off as, as gross to me. I didn't like watching it. That's fair. That's fair. Very strong page. Stop clicking or tapping or whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> okay. You're right. I am beginning <laughs> with something. The movie is fine. There's some confusing choices that the director makes. I don't really think it's really strongly directed at all. Like I just think the uh, it feels very choppy. the The choice of music that they put as a score for certain scenes is very like <clears throat> opposite of what you're watching. And I don't know if they're trying to go for like satire, but it's usually just distracting. So, I I don't think it's a really well made movie. No, that's fair. I kind of agree with the technical side of things. Um, I do think the story is interesting. Uh, and I think it needed more room to breathe, which is funny because I think a lot of these movies, one of the things that I've said is that they feel like the prototype for this type of movie and the mm-hmm. actual story isn't there. I actually wouldn't say that about this one. I think the story is there. It just needed a little bit more time. Like it's Because it's, again, this is like 95 minutes. If this had been like, you know, let breathe a little bit to about two hours long and gave it the time, because there's actually some pretty devastating things that happen that I don't think the characters react to with the, the weight that those events should be reacted to. And yes, mm-hmm. one of them is the, the rape scene, which Tara has already spoiled for everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, if it kind of feels like... The father especially just kind of like... It feels like it's barely affected them. It's, it's like a shrug it off and move, keep moving sort of thing. And I'm like, that's, that's, yeah. you, should, you should be... Well, Jerry, then... You should be cr- your uncle. on your knees crying or screaming at the moon or something. Like, you should be reacting in some way to this. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's, there's a lot of... <sighs> A lot of reactions that feel oddly muted where everyone's just kind of accepted the way things are really quickly that felt a little bit off to me but the core yeah. ideas of what the story is and the core journey and the sort of various obstacles along the way uh for the most part work i do think the rape scene itself is a little bit out of nowhere there's an odd choice in this as well that very early on like we have this thing where it kind of does these little flash forwards like just for mm-hmm. a, a quick little shot like and it's usually a sort of almost darkly ironic moment where someone will say well as long as this doesn't always yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one random one like later on where we were just walking in the field and there was like no prompting for it but 
most of them they come from a Kalena dialogue I mean since you've already mentioned the rape scene when she's talking about losing her virginity because there's a whole point where she's talking to Roger the boyfriend like oh I've been thinking about it and I, th- I think I want to lose it soon because we're going to be on a farm and like you know there'll be nothing to do well, that's the way she comes across. She's like, well, there's going to be nothing to do. We better just start having sex. I mean, that was where they pass the time. Mm-hmm. That just seems like what to do. Um, it cuts when she says that to, like, not a shot of the actual rape, but the, the people who do it, like, sort of grabbing her at the start of the scene and um, just kind of implying that something dark might happen in that kind of context. Um, and it does it a, a few times where it'll do these, like, it'll do like, this thing in the music and it'll go into this frame, but, and before it cuts back, the frame will turn red and then it'll cut back to what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, this is kind of a weird, interesting choice where it's, it's, it's almost spoiling where the movie's going to go in multiple ways. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely. In multiple contexts. So it, I, I thought that was a, a, a bizarre choice. Um, not necessarily one that I hated on it. So there's definitely some weird choices that I didn't care for. This one was more like, okay, this is different. <laughs> I'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, you know something's going to happen, so it's kind of making you like, all right, so when's this scene? Like, I can, I, I don't want to say I can look look forward to this scene coming up, but like, you know, you know something intense is going to happen yeah. later to a character, so you're going to, you know, wait for it. Arguably, arguably that one's a bit on the nose because it's really obvious what it's implying, whereas some of the other ones are, like, yeah. it'll be someone says, oh, as long as nothing happens between now and then, we'll be okay, and it'll cut to, like, a quick flash of one of them with blood down their face with holding a gun, and I'm like, okay, that one doesn't really spoil that much. It just says bad things are coming, which we kind of expect because it's a movie, right. uh, but it doesn't actually spoil the specifics of how they get into that situation, whereas that, that yeah. one in particular, it felt like, well, clearly they're going to at least try and rape her, if not, succeed. Um yeah. yeah, we'll talk more about the details of what happens when we get to spoilers. But um, so that was a weird choice. It, it definitely wants to feel like it's kind of because the opening like five ten minutes are very documentary esque. It's very there's a lot of like archive footage, there's a lot of real footage of things around the world mixed with some fake stuff about this this plague that's like killing off all the uh, all the crops and the the wheat and things like that, and how that's sending everyone down this path. And it, it does this thing mm-hmm. where it kind of jumps back to all these like. Uh, sort of like scenes like establishing this in the news and things like that as we're start starting the journey as they're leaving the house that night um and it was one scene that i made me think of you because obviously uh you're vegan and you often bring up how one of the reasons why you're vegan not necessarily the, the only reason but is because of what it contributes the you know production of meat and all this stuff contributes to climate change and as i see at the start of this movie which is meant to be very kind of baiting no pun intended uh in a kind of ironic satire way is as this news reports talking about all these problems starting on tv it's in like a like a bar restaurant and people are like eating meat and it does all these close-ups of people just shoveling meat into their face and like cutting these big bits of chicken and like this just lavish dinner table and all these things as they're talking mm-hmm. about There's all like these problems. cakes and stuff there too it's very elaborate it's clearly like too much food for the people who are eating it yeah um and how how can they brush things off say oh god i have to take no belt and jelly hole and just you know all <laughs> yeah. Of it. Uh, yeah this movie's really british <laughs> yeah no honestly the most british that it gets is actually the the young son because they go and pick him yeah. up from his boarding school halfway through and him and his friend and these two kids like are so polite they, they they did not write these kids as kids they wrote these kids as like posh men from like the 1700s or something like that because <laughs> because the kid's friend um uh what was the kid's friend's name i can't oh, oh this is a, an order appearance cast list god damn it imdb <gasps> pardon me i hate that i hate I, it so much i don't yeah i don't know i don't remember but, the name uh, of the kid anyway so he, he's he says oh i've got you a, a gift uh you know to 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 the, you know the, the what's the family name uh, Custance to the Custance case like oh I've brought you a gift and he's like oh that's awfully nice of you and I'm like <laughs> kids don't speak like that um and then they discover that he's he's got no one coming for him because his mum's dead and his dad's in one of the you know he's in like South America where the problems are really bad and uh, there might be cannibalism and things like that and he he just brings it up so casually yeah and the cannibals so so the customs kids like can he come with us mommy and daddy can he come with us and like oh go on there and this this kid just with a big grin again he's just talked about the fact that his father might have been cannibalized like that's literally what just came out of his mouth it's like oh that would be awfully nice of you <laughs> he's just so cheery he, he kind of talks like the um the, the friend in jojo rabbit the one that is, yeah yeah like, yeah yeah who can't die 
yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kaya talks like that. But that, that was kind of intentionally funny and meant to be weird. Yeah. This is just like these both these kids just written really bizarrely. Uh, so that was odd. That was very odd. Uh, there's, some, there's some weird things like whenever someone, anyone, whenever one, whenever anyone gets shot, try to say, uh, inst- instead of having a squib go off like a normal movie, they have like an optical effect on the screen <laughs> showing blood, which is really weird. Yeah, it's like a, um, it's like an animated scene. <laughs> it's like animated in intertwined with the the regular film like who framed roger rabbit style it's very odd it's a very odd choice i don't hate yeah. the movie though as, as much as there's you know some elements that are kind of weird and uh, even problematic uh, I, I do kind of appreciate what the actual story is and like the fact that it there's, there's some beats towards the end that i kind of like and mm-hmm. the fact that it addresses kind of like various aspects of society crumbling and this idea of trying to keep on to who we are and civilization you know not not falling from that even though it doesn't do it in the best way possible there's definitely better examples of it since you know by far but uh there's, there's one thing in particular towards the end that i actually really like the decision that they made as, as a you know as filmmakers to do uh and i'll talk about that in spoilers because it is it's right at the end <laughs> like i can't i can't talk about it in any other way but um you know, there's definitely some stuff in there. Um, I do think that the transitions from the, the how severe things are and how they treat it goes like it's almost like just quick steps every once in a while, as opposed to a gradual like realization of things are this bad, which kind of makes it feel a bit stilted. Yeah, I I definitely noticed it noticed that like right away because society turns super quick and you don't really get a sense of how much time has come has gone by since the last scene yeah. or since things were okay. So it's like, okay, all of a sudden there's a mob or people are raping. <laughs> it's like, huh? Or like they're talking about cannibalism. Like, hasn't it been like four days? Why are they result- or going to cannibalism already? You know? yeah, to, <laughs> to be fair, the cannibalism, it sounds like, because it sounds like it started in other countries first, and it sounds like the cannibalism's mm-hmm. in the other countries. It's just, it, I don't think they speak about it being uh, there yet in the movie. Oh, I thought it was brought up later on about, or like somewhere in the middle about cannibalism happening, like in the UK also. Like uh, when they're listening, yeah, maybe, to, maybe, they, maybe. when they're listening to the radio at some point, I thought it was brought up there. Uh, you may be right. Maybe I've just I just didn't hear that line. But definitely early on, it was like, no, this is a thing that's in you know South America and some other places. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like local, but things are progressing fast, uh, very quickly. So. Um, I don't hate it. I actually think it, it falls into kind of a similar line to some of the other movies that we've we've done. Uh, in mm-hmm. that it's not, it's got a lot of problems. It's got things that I'm going to take apart. There's an insane flashback late in the movie. Uh, with the I don't mo- want to talk about the it. most <laughs> egregious use of seventies bush. Yeah, it feels actually it feels wrong even just call it seventies bush. It's beyond bush. It's beyond the bush. Right. It's t- <laughs> But it's there. I don't think I've ever done this before, but I actually shouted the word "why" at my TV while watching the scene. Yes, I, why? I, I was telling you before. Why are you showing me this? Before we started, that my mouth was actually a gape. Again, that's something I never do. I never find myself physically <laughs> reacting to a movie. I like you know, it's kind of a joke almost that. You know, US audiences clap at the movie theater and cheer and stuff, and British audiences just sit there in silence because that's the polite thing to do. Um, so I never physically react to anything, but my mouth was like, <laughs> and I was looking, around, I was almost looking around as if I wanted to make eye contact with someone in the room. I was on my own, but I was like, someone make eye contact. I need, I need to share this absurdity with someone right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but I can't get it out of my brain. <laughs> It had to be like a prosthetic, right? No. No. I looked it up. Oh god. It's real? It's real. Where did they get the footage from? Because it wasn't obviously we'll get to it. The, Yeah, obviously it's not the actress, right? this has to be something from somewhere. <laughs> Everyone's definitely staying through the I know. I know. They, might, they might know what this is. <laughs> Jesus. And this is the funny thing we talk about the his code and all that or you've been, you've been talking about the his code to be more specific i i feel like because this is a british movie this this has nothing to do with the his code this is just this is just the filmmakers of this one movie being weird as shit <laughs> this is just another 
choice by the director that I just don't understand. Because, <sighs> like, I don't think the the rape scene is well done. I think it's. I mean, partly the music is absurdly out of place in this scene. It's almost yeah. upbeat uh, for most of the scene. But I, I get the idea of having a that that type of scene in the sense that society is breaking down. We're at the point now where you know it's kind of like we're talking about with the boy and his dog. Like the idea that this is the the state that the world's going to, where everyone is just this bad. Like, yeah. I, get, I get the idea of having a scene that shows that people are turning that way. I don't know if I necessarily needed it to this extent, or it's certainly not portrayed this way, but I get the, the, the thinking of, like, of that. Sure. Like, people don't realize the things that they're asking for, or take things for granted, I guess. Yeah. Something like that, but... um Yeah, I, I'm surprised they actually had to cut out more time, because it's kind of a long scene. It is, yeah. That's no, a very long scene. And because it was funny, as soon as the movie was starting, I was thinking to myself, wait, if society's crumbling, you're letting your teenage daughter like ride in a different car. I, I felt like she, she's almost the biggest target in terms of like if you if, if you encounter bad people, right? Yeah. Presumably gangs of men, she's going to be the thing that they, they latch on to and like want to steal. Uh for all the nefarious reasons that you you would think of. It's just that type of it's that type of story. Yeah. Uh so you know, uh, and it's very nonchalant the way they're just kind of driving. So it's like they're going for a country drive, even though they like, run into riots and shit like that on the way out of the city and and whatnot. Like it, it comes across as just very, oh, we're going on a camping trip, <laughs> very, very, you know, quietly. And you know, we'll, we'll get to the all details as we, as we go into spoilers. But no blade of grass is, is certainly something. Uh, I, I mean, I guess we're, we're going to talk about spoilers though. I think I think we're at that point. Yeah, probably. Um, is there anything you want? I mean, what about the performances? Did you like the, the any of the cast or? Um, I mean, I think it's pretty well acted. There's some character choices that I, um, that I don't quite understand. That's like so, that's... mostly from the father, but otherwise, it's uh, yeah, the acting's all right. Yeah, and uh, they've, they've got that thing where they've got this extra person along with them who's a bit of a wild card, who might actually mm-hmm. kind of be one of the dangerous people, but is it good that they have him with them and he's on their side because that's, you know, an asset in this new world, even though, you know, like, even though it yeah, could and that, be dangerous. I mean, his scenes are probably the best, most interesting, and his character even, too, because there are times where you're on his side and or you think he's good, like, I don't know, and... uh like you said, like he's a wild card. Yeah. But um, he's not. He's not likable. Yeah, I, mean, he's, he's, I, mean, I don't he's... think it's. I don't think it's a bad movie. I. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's particularly good either. And like I said, there's just a lot about it that makes me uncomfortable to watch. No, that's fair. It's just the age, and I just don't buy the statement that they make at the end of the movie. I'm sorry. Uh, that I mean that's that's fair. Uh, I I didn't necessarily feel I had a reason to doubt it necessarily, um, mm. but I mean you've told me something else that, that doesn't quite add up, so I suppose I shouldn't really trust them at this point. Um, yeah, and the girl was fifteen when they shot the movie. Really? Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, iffy. <laughs> yeah like I, I i mean it doesn't really make much of a difference to me uh like the if that if that's what the story is if the story is but the idea that they didn't use a body double for potential nudity in the scenes mm-hmm. that that's that's icky. that's that's a line that's been crossed if, if that's the case mm-hmm. i um so i don't know about that i I think that the core story is kind of there, though. And I think it, there's, there's a lot of the things that you kind of expect from this story. I don't think it handles them the best. And there's definitely some weird elements to it. Uh, so I I, I, I feel I feel like I'm kind of slightly more positive than you, but not to like any great extent. I, I mean, yeah, I was kind of hoping that this would be like a, a good follow-up to like uh, The Day the Earth Caught Fire, another... UK movie about environmental disaster, mm. but this is uh, obviously like I'm going to be pro more people being aware of the of the damage that they cause or whatever. Like <laughs> it's sort of my jam, but I just don't as just looking at this from a movie 
I'm just not comfortable. Like the message is there and the warnings are there. And it's, it's, it's definitely something that we should make movies about. I suspect we'll get more in the future as things get worse. I think, I think we have to mention though, because I, I was actually kind of surprised at some of the things this movie brought up at the start when it was in sort of newsreel kind of section. Um, mm-hmm. how, how similar some of it actually was to just information today. Um, I, I guess I'm actually kind of surprised how aware we were of climate change as far back as 1970. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't realize it was... Because I didn't really know about it as a kid that much. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that... Uh, this, I mean, obviously, we there's a lot more effects of it visible today than there was in 1970. But mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to me that uh, this movie, yeah, actually, I mean, well, actually, it's not just that, but like when you watch the the footage, you see just a lot of pollutants. I think this was uh, not too long after uh, Rachel Carson's book *Silent Spring* came out about the um, mosquito. Um, like a pesticide that was used commonly and was actually um, getting into the ecology and yeah, it killed the mosquitoes, but also like the, the birds would eat the bugs and then the birds would get eaten by larger birds. And then the eagles, like when they lay their eggs, their, um, their eggs would be like transparent. So that all the eagle populations were dropping because of a pesticide that we use to kill so, like, there's, I mean, the movie was mostly focusing on the pollution side of things. Mm. Like that. And around this time is when you get, like, a lot of the EPA standards and, um, like, um, just air quality laws and, pollute, like, pollution, water pollution laws, stuff like that. Yeah, no, it definitely, it's definitely a movie with a message. And I think the argument for the harshness of it and everything that happens in it would be oh this is supposed to be a stark you know wake up call of this is how bad things will get if we let mm-hmm. things actually get worse uh and i don't think they it's sort a... of refer to this movie as a documentary that could happen well that's what i was just going <laughs> to like say it... the final yeah. line of narration at the end of the movie which is i don't think it's a spoiler to say this because it's not anything to do with the actual plot itself but the final mm-hmm. line is uh of text that says this was not a documentary but it could be and that, that's how the movie dun, dun, ends dun. um yeah. So it, it is. I mean, I think any movie with these themes has a message, but I think this movie really wanted to hammer it home and say, no, 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 this is a warning. We want to warn warn you that what how things could get. All right, so we'll move out of spoilers then for the movie. Uh, before we start that section, though, I will thank our patron producers. At the time of recording, by the time this goes up, they might have changed a little bit. Hopefully there's more, even. But uh, So thank you to David Short, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. Uh, that means that they're all patrons at the twenty dollar above tier. They don't have to be patrons. That, you don't have to be a patron at that high, though, do they, Tara? Why no? If you like what we do and you want to support the channel, you can check out our Patreon page at Patreon.com/slash/MelfastTV and donating as little as one dollar per month will get you bonus episodes of our show. So check it out. See how we think of the transfer saga of Judge Dredd of time cop and a bunch of other mystery science theater adjacent style movies thank you i love that you mentioned the same three things every time you're recommending the bonus episodes yeah. you always say the exact same three things we haven't done that many yet <laughs> i mean number nine just and there's a out. lot of forgettable ones not our reviews but forgettable forgettable movies sure yes yes robo vampire maybe it wasn't the the gem that we were hoping uh, so, full spoilers then uh, for No Blade of Grass. Uh, so, yeah, like we said, they start their journey, they encounter a riot, they kind of get through that, not particularly a big deal. But it's after this that, you know, the, the dad, John, is inspired. He's like, okay, we have to get guns. And this was in a time where you could still buy a gun in the UK because you can't do that now. Not as easy as this. He, uh, they go to this uh, sporting and guns goods store and they go in and the guy's like annoyed because they've woke him up and the this the demand and he's like oh have you got your your uh your permits for these to, to buy guns um and he's like oh no i kind of left in a rush he's like well sorry i can't sell you to them and and so they hold them up they hold them up at gunpoint because they need the guns right they, they 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 need to get firearms for protection and then this is when we're introduced to perry who's kind of this wild card character who comes in sort of like you know holds off our characters and says no what are you doing and at, when they're at gunpoint they explain look things are getting worse it's not going to get better the government's lying to you uh, we're going to this farm let's defend you know we can defend it blah 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 
and the old man just insists that he's not doing this. And what I thought was going to happen here is that because Perry says, "Oh, hold on, let's hear what he has to have to say." I thought he was mm-hmm. going to just turn his gun and hold, you know, just point at the old man and say, "Okay, now sell them, and I'll go with them." He doesn't. He actually just shoots them right there and then. And, and he just kills them. And I, I was like, "Well, that was a bit of an escalation," and we're already at that yeah. at that point. And our characters, like, I feel like you know, they're like a little bit shocked, but they don't react that much to it. And I'm like, "Come on, like, they just they just killed them out in front of you." Yeah. Uh, but extreme, but an extreme, extreme side, but. Um, yeah, after they already said, like, we could just tie you up and, you know, keep you from, we'll tie you up and then we'll we'll just keep you from, like, coming after us when we leave or whatever. And that also seemed like a good solution. <laughs> so, and, you know, Perry was there to hear that other option, but he still went with the option of, I'll just murder him. And quick and easy to, to be fair to the movie though it does treat perry as a character for, you know as the movie goes on as someone who is wild and he does murder more people he does do other things and he's clearly mm-hmm. the the person who was almost born for the post-apocalyptic lifestyle like you know it's almost like he's been waiting for this anarchy yeah. to just sort of be free yeah he's pretty natural in it yeah but he's also useful yeah, because he's good with a gun, and he's yeah, you know, he's willing to like fight. So, uh, and we also introduced to his his wife, uh, who sort of saunters into the scene, mm-hmm. who's a very interesting character in this movie. Uh, she's not she's not there for super long. She you know she, she's because they they follow in their own car with everyone else, uh, which is already mm-hmm. two cars. It's worth mentioning because the the parents have a car, and then the Roger and the daughter ride in the second car, and when they start for like lunch at some point, um. Basically, the uh, Perry's wife kind of like just sort of says hello to to John, and he kind of and John looks at her and goes, "Aren't you cold?" Because she's clearly not wearing a bra and she's got this like you know blouse on and her nipples are kind of. She's you know, like pushing her boobs up yeah. at him. Yeah. And she's like, "No, nah, I'm not cold," and she's being all flirty. And when they get back to the car, Perry's like, "You embarrass me! What are we doing? I told you not to wear that blouse." Um, and he's like super, you know, possessive of her. Uh, but she is also really flirty with like she's every... also just throwing herself yeah. at men <laughs> like left and right like this is her character she's such a caricature mm-hmm. um and as this happens again it's when they've all stopped at, like some sort of farmhouse for the night uh she, she comes in to john when he's on watch and but, uh, i mean i'll give him credit is he kind of like calls her out on what she's doing quite quickly mm-hmm. uh because she's sort of asking like just inane questions he's like like, well, I don't know what you're doing here, but if you think I'm going to give it to you, you've got the wrong idea. And he, you know, he's, he's very quick to sort of point out that that's not happening. Go away. Um, mm-hmm. But she sort of forces a kiss on him, and then that's when Perry walks in and gets all angry. Um, I mean, you say force. He seemed pretty into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she... Thanks, Gus. Uh, just invade the podcast, why don't you? Yeah, yeah. Silly Kay. Uh, but regardless she, she, she throws a kiss on him um and of course it's just as as he's pulling her away that you know perry walks in and is like oh well well then look at this and perry or sort of john tries to explain um and perry it turns out isn't actually that mad at him he's only mad at her because this is a constant mm-hmm. thing uh with her so I think he, they see some like a counselor or something yeah he, he so he just basically <laughs> says he's going to kill her because i mean like there's no laws anymore like and he's like well it's the laws of the group well yeah but like that's over now like I- i'm going to kill her my self-respect is worth something to me uh <laughs> so he so he kills her and she dies there so um and john can't really do a whole lot about it because he still acknowledges that he needs perry yeah uh so it's, it's kind of that thing we've seen some of these post-apocalyptic stories of like people like becoming darker versions of themselves they have to sort of give up some of their humanity to survive uh, yeah. and this is kind of you know part of that as worth mentioning there's a couple of scenes before this where he's kind of staring at the daughter a little bit uh which because I, I was wondering if he was going to try something with the daughter you know uh at some point uh i suppose in, yeah. a, in a way he kind of does but not i, I was expecting to make try and assault her. it wasn't an obvious way though yeah uh instead like, he's just talking to her like, the next day when they're walking and mm-hmm. eventually roger looks like a little bit jealous and he says hey uh, why don't you come walk with me and Perry goes, no, no, she's walking with me. And the dad's like, well, why? He's like, oh, yeah, I think you know why. And it basically, it becomes this like weird standoff where like both him and Roger are like ready to like shoot him 
and he's like no i'm I'm a widower now and you know she's a single girl um and the interesting thing about the end of the scene is that uh, she actually steps in eventually says stop this i want to stay back here with him um, i feel safe with him um yeah i thought that was really interesting especially you know since she she was coming on so strong to roger like we yeah. assume that they're in a relationship but we don't really know exactly what the relationship is and yeah. yeah given the opening conversation i have to assume they were in some capacity he, yeah or like maybe she was just really interested in him but he mm. was like trying to wait till she was older or something i don't know but in any case uh he it, it, it's you know this happens after she gets raped and she gets raped because she was taken from the vehicle when she was with roger and he wasn't able to protect her, but I think she's. She wasn't with Roger in that scene. She was. She was with the parents because the, the boys were riding with Roger. Oh, okay. Because because okay, her her and but, the. But mom... I mean, after that scene, like he goes to like touch her face or like give her a kiss or something, and she like immediately. Yeah, pulls it's, away it's, it's, it's the next. It's the next day. He goes for a kiss, and she kind of pulls away, and he says, "What? Well, uh, don't you like me anymore?" And all I could think was, she was raped yesterday. Was raped. Yeah, like, like yesterday. Give her some space. <laughs> read the room now's not the time yeah <laughs> this yeah. was literally yesterday um but i mean you have to think like because of that it, that what what happened to her now she wants to be with somebody who's tough like who can protect her yeah, that, no, that, that part ma- that part makes sense it felt real. i don't know it felt like a real response um yeah it's, it's not attraction at least not in the typical sense it's more of a no he I, yeah he can just <laughs> he can take care of himself so i'm going to latch myself to him kind of thing and we have to talk about that scene because it's basically uh roger and perry are kind of having a bit of a, a pissing contest like racing each other and they kind of get separated from the car that has the parents and mm. her in it uh mary's the daughter for the record i keep saying her or the daughter uh and they get out at one point at the crossing guard and it turns out to be a trap and these three guys sort of jump out and knock knock the dad out and take take the mom and the daughter to a separate little area not too far from them but just near nearby and i thought what i thought was weird is i thought because the other two cars sped ahead that they weren't going to come back to help they weren't going to realize that they were you know gone or missing like in time and they're going to come back really late they actually came back quite quickly it just cuts Mm -hmm. to them being there again and they go and find them um and i i because of the timing i actually thought they were going to jump in and save them before the actual rape happened it was clear that it was well, yeah because when the when the father wakes up and he's like oh, i don't know where they are but you can hear screaming in the distance so they don't sound like they went very far yeah the, the timing made it feel like they were going to jump in and save them uh just in time uh but we have this scene where both both mary and the mother are raped and it's again, it's a really weird scene because the music's really like ill-fitting. Um, it definitely feels like a seventies rape scene. Uh, if you've seen mm-hmm. anything like I, you know, not I so already much. thought it, the scene was too long. I can't imagine that they would have it like minutes that they cut out of the scene. Oh, did they cut out minutes of this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, because it it definitely made me think of things like uh, Last House on the Left or. Mm-hmm. not quite as extreme as i spent your i spent your grave is really extreme but um like it definitely and, it, and those are both 70s movies they're both both from the 70s and it's definitely something that happened like or as a sub-genre that kind of you know the rape revenge genre definitely sprung up during the 70s and it was definitely reminiscent of some of that stuff what was really weird about it though to me is just how like so the, the mother gets this kind of moment of revenge because you know perry comes in he shoots one of them kills them one gets away, and then the one who was with uh, the, the daughter, Mary, uh, he just shoots in the leg. So he's sort of lying there alive, begging not to be killed. And it's actually the mother, Anne, who says, give me the gun, and she takes the revenge and shoots him. So mm-hmm. I get, I mean, she gets to have some sort of modicum of revenge. And I, I thought it was weird how, like, John, the father, never really, it never really feels like it, affects him all that much like there's like one moment at the sort of picnic sort of time like the next day or whatever it is where he kind of like holds his daughter and says you know if i could go back and change things you know i would and she's like of course i know that father and that's the extent of the heart to heart that's it yeah we get from him after his daughter's been raped it's just it's such a miss 
I don't know, like the, the level of like feeling that seems to reverberate around all the characters because of this like tr- like traumatic event that should should be like the big sign that hey the world's went to absolute shit. This this is happening now, um, like to this extent. So it it just it is a really weirdly long scene. Um, it's also like it's it's a little gratuitous. Um, like you do see some nudity with the with the girl that we're not sure if it's her or not um and then they like put effort to put blood on her inner thigh that we could see like we know she's a virgin it's just it's just extra gross i don't know like the it's grossly written and i i don't think it's depicted very well yeah even and it's questionable, questionable. even the even the way it kind of like lingers on them like because it, it, they take a long time getting like how do i phrase this el- el- delicately uh like taking off their clothes like there's a lot of like like getting to the tights and then getting to the underwear and like there's a lot of like mm-hmm. you know you know cutting them off with like a knife or whatever it is like there's a lot of steps to it you know while they're struggling mm-hmm. that makes it feel especially kind of i don't know drawn out i suppose um yeah it's, it's a little you know which at the time, I I sort of, you know, as it was happening, I thought to myself because I was still expecting them to for the others to jump in and stop it from happening. I thought, okay, I get why you're focusing on this part of it because a it's like you know giving them time to get here, right? Mm-hmm. But also this sort of sells how extreme it is without actually going the whole distance. But then it happens anyway. So yeah, I, you know, like I feel like the better way of doing it would have been basically jump in when the other character arrives and sort of see the aftermath of it as opposed to all of the mm-hmm. actual chaos we see during the scene um because it's it's especially it's a, it's a brutal scene i mean it's just there's no other way of putting it which is i mean i suppose you could argue it's effective in that sense but when you're watching it, I, I don't think you're sort of sucked into it in the way that you are with a movie that's got you by the balls it's it's more mm-hmm. like it's, it's more like a meta thing where you're sort of looking at it as a movie and you're sort of going okay so you're doing this then. All right. Yeah. Uh, you made this choice. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, there are, there are, you know, rape. I mean, I don't know how you can make a rape scene tasteful in a film, but like there are movies with that subject in it where I don't feel like, uh, I don't feel as gross watching it. I, yeah, obviously this is a gross portrayal uh, more than anything else. I think one of the problems with raping movies is that often it's used as a really cheap way of like making something hateful. Like you know, the little, sure. how, how do you make your villain a, an obvious villain? Well, you have him do that, and uh, sure. it, it, sometimes it comes off as a really lazy like way of trying. You know, it's like if if you're not going to make your story specifically about that and about mm-hmm. the survival of that or about the you know whatever facet of it you want to tackle if it's just something you're throwing in there as a as a plot device then do something else because yeah. it, it's lazy and, and tasteless but um it, like i, I think I, I i think the threat of it should be in this movie i don't know if it needed to sure. actually happen like I, I think the threat of it makes sense yeah uh, given the world that they're trying to set up and the, the the anarchy that's that's becoming of the world, it makes sense. But I I, I don't know if like I don't know if it, if, if you it, need it like a shot by shot. Yeah, if <laughs> if it needed to actually happen, which I don't know, I'm not even sure if it did. But if it needed to actually happen, then I think there's just better ways to show it than what they did here. I agree. I suppose at least if like afterwards they were all devastated and the father was like you know beside himself and if they all <laughs> reacted as if what we had just seen happened it may actually make it play a little bit better because at least the characters are responding to it to the horrific levels of what we saw instead it feels like it's all forgotten about and fight but the yeah, except- e- even even the mother who you know had that happen to her she still like is goes back to the character she was before for a while yeah, I mean, she has like one or two more lines about it. Uh, although it's always about her daughter, though it's never about her, which makes sense. I get why she would sort of like ignore herself and just be concerned about her daughter's like you know yeah. experience. I mean, that does make sense, but um, uh, not to say that she wouldn't need therapy because she absolutely does. But <laughs> I, I I get why her thought process would be: I'm going to forget about myself and just think about my child because that's you know what a parent sure. does. Um. So yeah, everything with a teenage daughter in this is kind of is either weird 
uh, gratuitous or the politics that arise from from her like and who she's with and the way her father kind of like almost has to back down eventually and accept that she's making a choice to be with this this person who we think is dangerous mm-hmm. um and then the weird thing is is that after this point like perry never really does anything else to this kind of dark everything else everything that he does in the movie that's dark or questionable that make us think that he's dangerous happened before this and then he eventually just sort of dies in the final shootout by the end and yeah. I, all, all i could think was like i felt like it was missing like a conclusion where she either like i, I don't think it was a cheesy ending where roger kind of proves that he's like capable of like you know being her partner or something <laughs> Protecting like that her yeah or something yeah i, I don't know if it needed that like, maybe like, the, the right ending still for them to not be together but like i felt like it was missing some sort of acknowledgement after he died that either she cared that he's dead so she's upset about it or b she's realized that you know she didn't care about him and it was like all of her feelings with it for the wrong reasons or something like it yeah it felt like it was missing some sort of wrap-up <laughs> to that sure. particular thread right i mean her protection's gone and maybe that's the only thing she cared about yeah or even if the arc is that she can trust her father to protect her again or something yeah, and even because yeah, I think yeah. Roger did have her, his arm around her at the ending uh, during the fun- funeral stuff, mm-hmm. and all I could think was there was an entire con- conflict scene where, in front of her parents, she proclaimed that she didn't feel safe with you and she felt safe with this other like stranger. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe I mean times are so rough that like I, take what you can get. <laughs> I, I guess, but like I, I feel like he'd have a hard time like you know not feeling belittled by that for the rest of his life. <laughs> I yeah mean, probably but i mean it is what it is uh so at one point they get ambushed by some old men who like take their cars at gunpoint they don't kill them they let them take some clothes but like no we're taking your supplies for ourselves mm-hmm. uh so they go walking from then on and eventually they actually encounter a couple of different things they encounter a farm and they actually murder the person who lives there because he comes out with a gun um and they plot and plan to do it as well uh they also murdered some soldiers. Well, There's like a crossing at one point where they're not going to get let through. So they, they murdered the soldiers. They ambushed them. Mm-hmm. As a roadblock. The, the farm is also where, like, they, they shoot the farmer and then they go in to the kitchen area and they shoot the, the farmer's wife, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's where you get the animated blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, there was, a couple, there was a couple later on as well, but that was the first time I think it was really noticeable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's, there's a, tomato soup. There's there's a line here about how John was in the military of some kind at one point, and he he's not proud of it. He doesn't like killing people, and I feel like mm-hmm. that's definitely the arc you want for your main character here is someone who doesn't want to be this savage but is forced into it. Right? You want you know this character who's losing his humanity and is aware of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they lean into it enough though. This is another thing that I think needs more time. Like if, if, I'd flesh it out and do more with that arc. He doesn't seem to change very much from the beginning of the movie to the end at no. all. Like he, he, he's still the same guy with the same tone of voice, and people just follow him because they think he's a leader. Um, Here, here's the thing, though. There's a great decision they make with him at the end, and I think that if the arc had had more time spent on it, it would have been a wonderful conclusion to, to his character arc. And it's basically when they get... So they meet, encounter this other group of people, this bigger group, and they want mm-hmm. to recruit them. So they come in and say, hey, look, I've got this place. Come with me. Accept me as your leader. Um, and we can go there. And the leader tries to shoot him, so he shoots him back. Or Perry shoots him, maybe, instead. I can't remember who it was, but... Uh, I think it was Perry. The group basically all one by one say, yeah, we'll come with you. Yeah, you seem like you know what you're doing. So he gets this big group, this big group of maybe a couple dozen people, uh, families, you know, husbands and wives and some kids. And, and some pregos. Uh, and a pregnant woman, which is very important <laughs> for later. And they start walking. I'll, I'll skip over that scene. We'll come back to the, that big one that I talk about. Because they get to the farm and the brother's like fortified that he's got some men of his own. They've got a minigun, like, <laughs> like, you know. They've they've got it really well protected. Yeah, they got like a Gatling gun, and on a tower. <laughs> and he he goes inside. He talks to his brother, and his brother's like, "Look, obviously, I agreed on the phone to accept you, your you know your family and Roger, but there's not enough farmland here to support all these people. You can't, we can't let them in. It's just you and your family and Roger, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, he's made all these promises, and he's like, I can't just you know say that to him. They're going to delete us alive, and." 
he says to him, well, how about this? How about in the middle of the night, you sneak away, we'll let you in quietly so they don't know you're doing it, and then they're out there on their own and they can do what they want after that. And he says, yeah, that's a good idea. And even if that was what he was going to do, I'm like, okay, that's a nice mm-hmm. dark ending where he has to accept that he has to screw over these people. That's an interesting choice. That's an interesting character beat for him to take. But I actually, th- I was actually genuinely surprised and interested in the choice that they make here where it immediately cuts to him telling the, the whole group no we're going to attack this place because they're not letting you in he stands by- yeah that's true i was not su- I, I mean i was i was surprised by that that turn of the character because i thought yeah. that he was he would do anything for his family but really he's doing anything to stay the leader yeah of this he, group of people he, he stands by the promises he made to this group of people he takes them under they've kind of become an extended family now i do think mm-hmm. there could have been more of a story with them to really build up that relationship to really sell like his arc as a leader and like but i do think this as an ending to his character arc is actually really i mean i think the rest of the arc's kind of like not there or it's, it's kind of just you know very thinly there but I do think mm-hmm. as an ending to his potential arc, I think it's actually really strong. I was actually genuinely quite surprised that he's like, no, no, I'm go- I was going to try not to kill my brother. I don't want to kill him, but we're going to have to fight our way in because I made you this promise. Mm-hmm. We're going in there. Just don't kill my brother. He looks like me, but with white hair and yeah. two eyes. And he gets killed, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's a sad kind of ending. Perry gets killed as well in the in the, the turmoil. Um, yeah. And the, the movie kind of ends with, you know, the big funeral set, scene for all the characters who have died. Um, there is one scene with uh, with John early on when he goes to the gun shop and mm. he picks up a, like a Mauser for the first time, and like I immediately just went, oh, that's a Bond villain, because <laughs> he's got like an eye patch, <laughs> a Mauser pistol, and like uh, the British accent, <laughs> like immediately transforms into a Bond villain. Made me laugh. <laughs> Mister F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> an arrested development joke for those of you playing along at home uh so yes but let's talk about the scene the scene that made my mouth drop my jaw drop and made you shout out why 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 are you showing me this Uh, Uh, so the pregnant woman uh during you know they they pick up in this big group they they actually end up hiding at a castle for one night resting uh, during the long walk and she goes into labor and there's like a couple of you know women who there who have beat her mothers already they have no midwives but they've had people who have went through childbirth so they're there to help and you're thinking that i'm about to tell you we see something disgusting from this pregnancy we don't actually see anything from this pregnancy we get one of the most unnecessary gratuitous flashbacks i have ever seen in a movie where uh, Anne, you know john's wife has a flashback to when she was giving birth to one of her kids uh-huh and okay fair enough i mean i don't think we need it but for, we could you could be cut back and she's on the you know the hospital bed and she's she's sort of yelling in pain and there's a couple of doctors you know john's holding her hand you know being the the loyal husband by her side and push darling push <laughs> and this is the thing so during this scene like I, i'm guilty of looking down at my phone at twitter or something i don't know what i was doing but i looked down at my phone and when i look back up at the screen do you know what i saw i saw <laughs> the most extreme version of 70s bush that i have ever seen in my life i saw it was it was an actual birth it was a baby's head coming out of a vagina in all its glory no 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 obstructions no out of focus nothing in front of it in the frame not an angle where you could only see like a part of it no 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 this was full-on dead eyes staring at the vagina um and it was a real vagina uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I because I, I, I said this to Tara before we started recording. I said, "Well, I assume it was a prosthetic because, like, you know, they had a, like they had a baby coming out of it. They didn't just, you know, but a, apparently they had real footage of a of a birth." Here's here's Joe. This makes me think of actually, and I know you're you, you never watch Friends, but there's an episode of Friends where Chandler <laughs> sees someone give birth, uh-huh. and he's scared of sex for the next little while, um, and. I always just remember this because when he's asked why he's scared of sex, he says, it's kind of like when you first saw Jaws and you were scared to go back in the water for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, so the, I guess the director like went to hospital and like talked to a couple who were going to give birth and got permission to just set up a camera and record it. And the 
the, the couple agreed to that if they could keep a copy of the tape so that they had the their childbirth from like the cinemas I don't want to say cinemascope, but like the 25 millimeter or whatever it was footage. <laughs> so it's just like a camera that's placed there and all the equipment was like sterilized or whatever. So it could be in the delivery room. And that's just some woman's vagina that she donated to art. <laughs> and that's a real baby coming out. Yep. I'm making a face right now for the audio listeners. I was making a face throughout that entire thing. Why would you? Why would you want to watch this again? This is horrifying. <laughs> Secondly, you no, know, people do it all the time. People film the birth all oh, the time. Why would you want? To, why would you want to see that? It's disgusting, right? Anyway, uh, apparently it's beautiful. Couple, couple, couple I don't things. Know, I don't have kids. I have a dog. Couple, couple things. It is cinemascope, I think. Um, if my if my memory serves me right, and there is no film size. It's twenty five millimeter. <laughs> I just want to correct oh, that. I, I don't know. I read it on somewhere i thought it was imdb but maybe it was wikipedia uh, 35 millimeter is what you're thinking of which is what most movies maybe. were shot in when they were shot in film some lower budget stuff was shot in like 16 mil or even super 16 but i don't remember them i i, I this is so this is the thing we're talking about how gratuitous this thing how, how disgusting and in your face this is i don't understand did not be there. yeah why is it here i, I mean i don't even necessarily think the flashback's that important but why why why, 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 why the need for this shot? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I I don't get it either. Like, uh, just because they could, they felt the need to do it. Like it didn't. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't find the the thing I read about it, but I, I must have read it somewhere. Yeah, maybe during my research when I was looking for the animal stuff, but I came across that that note so the rating for this was AA this is an old rating that I don't understand what, what was an AA <laughs> I want to know like was this like an adults only thing or like was this like one of these weird things where it's technically suitable for all ages um well AA would mean all ages right <laughs> <laughs> that's, what that's what I'm worried about I'm googling AA movie rating the mm. AA certificate BFA. A was a certificate. Send this one back to the MPAA. <laughs> the AA certificate was introduced by the British Board of Film Censors in the 1st of July 1970. That's the year this movie came out, funnily enough. Uh, oh. Passed as suitable only for exhibition to persons of 14 years and over. Oh, that's not too bad. Okay. That's, I mean, let's be honest, I was watching anything from the age of 14 onwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it I was mean, definitely the. the I mean, even younger, my mom would drop me off at the movie theater, and if if I got into the theater, then it didn't matter what I was watching. <laughs> well, movie theaters were quite strict for us. Like, if, if you didn't look, not for not for not in Canada, they were as strict. No, nah, like, you... sometimes they would ask, "How old are you?" But most of the time, they're just like, "Whatever." <laughs> they were uh, probably. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong; it was never like an ID thing, but like. You know, if you didn't look old enough to get into a twelve, or if you didn't look old enough to get into fifteen, they wouldn't let you in. But. Uh, at home, I was watching stuff that was, you know, way above my age. But, um, oh sure. This was a, a byproduct of the decision to raise the age limit for X certificate films from sixteen to eighteen. Ah, oh, interesting. Now, obviously, all of this is redundant now because I mean, I, I'd never even heard of this because this had all changed by, uh, you know, whenever. Uh, technically, so here. The AA certificate was abolished on the 1st of November 1982 following the general overhaul of the BBFC classifications recommended by the Williams Committee. It was replaced by the 15 certificate, which is what we still got. Uh, mm. So we have a 12 of 15 and an 18 for anyone who's, who's not familiar with UK ratings. Uh, what's interesting about UK ratings is that when I was younger, almost everything that was R-rated in the US was an 18 and mm -hmm. almost everything that was a PG-13 was a 15. It's, 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 it's completely changed. They've softened so much now that Almost everything that's a PG-13 is a 12, and almost everything that's R-rating is a 15. Very few films now are actually 18s. There's only a select few per year, really, that are 18s. And they're usually pretty obvious. It's usually stuff like, you know, shame or something like that. It's almost got a lot of sex content in it. Fascinating. I thought it'd be mildly interesting as a film fan, but okay. It's what the channel promises. Mildly interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I've not impressed her with uh, <laughs> these ratings history. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've told me this before. Yeah, well, I only brought it up because the A thing. I didn't. I don't know what that is. What does that mean? Mm. Uh, but that was 14 and up. Uh, 
So X rating was 18 and up, AA was 14 and up. Yeah, there you go. That's no blood of grass. I, I, I think that's it. <laughs> we, we just we saved. I think it. we covered. We we covered all the major stuff. Yeah, we we saved the childbirth <laughs> for the end because that was traumatizing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, it was too real. <laughs> it was literally real. There was nothing not real yeah. about it. <laughs> oh, you could have at least let me think, pretend that it was a prosthetic. Nope. That's what women have to go through. All men should see it. I mean, had you seen this before? A birth? A yeah. childbirth? From this angle? Uh, bits, bits and pieces. Not like a full thing like this, no. Uh. <laughs> That's the first for me, I'll tell you that. Jesus Christ. All right, I guess we're rating the movie. Uh, if you would like to step in with the, uh, the rating yeah i i didn't really like you're right it's it's an okay film like it it does have more plot than a lot of the movies we've watched have mm -hmm. and it's uh it, it's a good stepping stone for these types of films and other movies are going to do take this formula and make it a bit better i think um but it's i i didn't really enjoy watching it like there are just some scenes that i can't forgive them for <laughs> And uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't buy the statement at the end. There's a lot of dead animals. I don't think it was all taxidermy. Um, and even if it was taxidermy, something had to kill those animals <laughs> to get stuffed. Um, and I, uh, I didn't particularly enjoy watching it. So I, I'm going to give the movie a 4.5. I don't really think it's very good. I think the direction is also <clears throat> not great. Damn, that is a that is a, a rougher rating. Um, I'm definitely a bit more positive, even though I agree with you know the the scenes that are problems are mm -hmm. problems, uh, and the direction is a little bit stilted in places. There's a lot of I mean, it's not even the direction so much as the the editing. That's that's yeah, uh, the editing is hard. It's, it's, um, and yeah. the the flash forwards, I don't really appreciate that style. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Um. It's definitely very rough. It's a very rough movie around the edges. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of appreciate what it was trying to do, and I do think it does get some moments and ideas right. Uh, like I say, the, the decision mm -hmm. at the end with uh, John I thought was good. Um, a couple of the scenes, you know, where they start being strategic, I liked. I do think there was more of a slower progression to really buy that they turned into these people, though. It felt like some switches had just been flipped. Um, but... I mean, I think I enjoyed watching it more than you did, uh, despite all of its flaws. So I'll probably still give it like a six out of ten. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll still go, still go there. Uh, admittedly, though, if if the if this uh, what you read about the maybe not being a body double for the the actress in the the rape scene, then that is a that's a serious problem. That like that that's the sort of thing that if I'd known that before we watched it, it might have put me off watching it. Yeah, me too. Um, so you know but now now that i've seen it it's like well i hope it was a body double anyway uh that is uh that is no blade of grass um obviously it's called that because literally the grass is dying <laughs> uh, yeah although there's, there's a lot of greenery in the, but that's okay yeah they can't go and burn all of it but because there's just there's one of the little flashbacks they're uh, burning like their their garden because uh, it's mm -hmm. infected and it's like nope now it's been infected we have to do this um I did think it was funny though that uh, like the the mum wanted to go to Canada, they wanted to leave earlier and go to Canada, but he's like, no, no, I'm an, I'm an architect, and the building that I'm working on is not finished. We have to stay. Um, so I thought it was funny that Canada was the safe haven, and then later, yeah, even, even the prime minister goes to the, goes to Canada now, to hide out. It's never mentioned in the movie. I don't think. I don't think they actually mention it, but the description on IMDb does say that the, the the garden they're going to is in Scotland. So I did think it was kind of funny that the safe haven was Canada then Scotland. <laughs> Representation. Uh, but uh, they never actually mentioned Scotland and there's definitely no Scottish accents at all. Yeah, I don't think I heard any, but I'm not very good with accents. <laughs> no, no, they were definitely all English. Um, uh, oh, actually, that's, having said that, the mum's accent was kind of weird. I thought there was like... She sounded she was like, from Canada. Was she from Canada? Yeah, she sounded like... I was going to say she sounds like she's American, but she's been living in England long enough that she sounds kind of half English as well. Yeah, she she probably is like 
a legit uh, Canadian or American actress who lives in the UK. Because I think a lot of UK movies use the same like American actors all the time. Yeah, cause, because they're just there. They want an American in their movie. Because at first they said she just sounded English, but then every so often there'd be like just sentences here or there that sounded like mm-hmm. more American. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But I guess you know. Yeah, uh, and then she said Manitoba. Oh, my people. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's a a good way to have an authentic character is actually just to hire someone who has a weird mixed accent like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Fair, fair's enough, I suppose. Definitely, I mean, it, it kind of goes along the lines of a lot of these other movies we talked about uh, from from this this batch of seventies movies. And we've got more to come. We're not done yet, uh, but interesting. So, uh, you can of course let us know what you think of No Blade of Grass in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fudge for channel updates at the Ace Podcast, even for specific sci-fi stuff. Uh, you can of course support us. A- by rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, people will find us that way. Uh, you can also support us financially, as we mentioned earlier, with Patreon. Patreon.com slash TV. Uh, so you can do that. Uh, do you, you want an Ace t-shirt or hoodie? Maybe a hat? What? You can do that or spread shirt stores if you want to go, go and get... <laughs> get one of those link in the description as as, as always uh, Tara would you like to promote something else for Mailfuzz TV um, if you're into sci-fi we're reviewing classic uh, Twilight Zone episodes we're in season 2 right now probably still are because these seasons are really long Yes. so uh, yeah watch along with us yep. see if they hold up yep yep yeah we're doing that uh, so Otherwise, though, that's us. That has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Thank you very much for joining us uh, for this other post-apocalyptic movie. I think the, the next one we've got planned to do is also kind of post-apocalyptic, although it's not... I've never heard of this movie, so I don't know what it is. Although I don't think it's uh, uh, crops that are going... I think it's actually uh, the population. It's, it's people this time that are diseased, but regardless... Nice. The last 70s movie about people... Uh, in a post-apocalyptic world, uh, I mm. think. Again, this is from the brief description uh, on the Criterion app. <laughs> but uh, that is uh, that has been us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching the science fiction movies, guys. And computer, that's Elsa. Why?